Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Knock, knock. I don't think you heard me. I'm going to say this again. Knock, knock. Water. What are you getting your mom for Mother's Day? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for the courtesy laugh. Appreciate it. That's terrible. I apologize for that. Uh, didn't go over near as well in the first service. So, Hey, um, I have somebody special uh, in, uh, at church with us today. And I've, I've been friends with this couple for a really long time, and they're from Cambodia. Anybody ever been to Cambodia? Has anybody ever been to Cambodia? Okay, nobody. Nobody. Only one person in the entire church has been. But uh, we, about 10 years ago, I believe, uh, uh, did some mission work there. And uh, I also had the opportunity to meet Sokan and Esther while I was there. And since then, we've connected with each other and had a relationship. We, all, we actually... Uh, we have bought bikes a few times for some of the people uh, in their in their ministry and some of the kids. I mean, so anyway, he I said, man, if you ever come to the states, make sure you drop by. And he came by. He called me a few weeks ago and said he would he would uh, be coming into town. So right now he is. Uh, they are staying with me for the next three days. You might want to pray for them. So they got the whole upstairs to themselves. But I'm going to bring him out right now. So Con and Esther, just welcome them with me, will you? Hi, good morning, happy Mother's Day to all mother. So uh, this, is, this is Esther, and this is Sokan. Okay, tell, tell them how you got your name, Esther. Um, actually, my name is Bopakam, but when I believe Jesus on 14 years old, I love Esther's name because I see her save the, her nation, so I love to shape my nation also. So she got a new name with her new life in Christ. Isn't that cool? So, uh, yeah. So this, it's, it's really cool because it's her first time to the United States. So, you know, uh, since, she's, since they're staying with me, I've introduced them to a few things, some of the finer things of life. And uh, what, Esther, tell them what you got to eat last night. Uh, I ate ziti and popcorn in the microwave. <laughs> So they had popcorn, microwave popcorn for breakfast. So, it, so it was a big hit, big hit. And Ziti, we're going to break them in on Italian food. So uh, anyway, they, uh, um, it is my joy, my pleasure to have them. So Khan, tell us a little bit what, what about uh, you do in Cambodia. Uh, actually, I'm uh, the pastor. And as well, uh, you know, in our ministry, we have several uh, things to do. Actually, today, we, I just saw some... Uh, of the photo of the ministry as well. So, yes, uh, the rest, Pastor will ask me and I, I will answer his question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can you back up just one more? Can you back up real quick? Uh, these, uh, these are some of the bikes that our church sponsored there in Cambodia. Tell us, uh, these are kids that go to school or? Yeah, this is after they receive the bicycle because normally uh, they don't have bicycle to use. So after uh, Faith Call uh, give a fun to buy the bicycle and we give them and they are so happy to use their bicycle to go to school. Yeah. That, so, yeah, you, you guys, you guys are a part of that. So, you know, whereas here, you know, we give away a lot of bikes and in, 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 anybody ever been a part of Bikes for Kids? Most of us have. That's a huge deal that we do. Bikes are about fun. But there, uh, bikes, these baskets, we get, uh, you know, the baskets come with the bikes, it's for their books, it's a way of life, it's transportation, and it's very, very important. Go ahead and just keep going as, as we're talking, uh, we'll get through some of those things. Um, uh, so, Con, um, ha 
he has another name that I, I wasn't going to share with you, but I'm going to share it with you because it's just interesting to me. What, 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 tell him, tell, I heard you saying this. You were, you were yelling for him. What do you call him? Go, you tell us. Bong. His name is Bong, B-O-N-G. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny to me. It, he says it is a term of en- endearment. So I said, of course it is. Okay. <laughs> All right, anyway. But anyway, uh, so Con, uh, uh, not to interrupt, but tell us a little bit about, uh, I'm sorry, how many churches you said, did you tell us how many churches? Yes, uh, so far we uh, plan of 105 churches in eight provinces of Cambodia. In Cambodia, there are 25 provinces. So That's kind of like have, states, yeah. kind of like states here. Yeah, I it's like state. So because our goal within uh, next 10 years from 2019 up to 2029, uh, we want to reach 25 provinces of Cambodia. So right now, we have eight provinces with 105 churches. Yeah. 105 churches in, in uh, eight provinces. Now, how many, how many kids do you feed every week in your feed programs? Yeah, for, for our uh, children feeding program, we feed up to 1,500. Yeah. I forget how many uh, villages, but I just yeah. know that uh, 1,500 kids. And you have hope houses, or, or how many hope houses? Or, or uh, I'm not using like like um, children's home, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. orphanage. Yeah, how many? Yeah, we so, uh, so far we have three uh, orphanage. Yeah, actually we fa- have five, five or six home. I forget, but uh, the home that we have children who come in now, we have uh, three homes with uh, 50, yeah, around 50 kids. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, okay. And anyway, that's, that's something significant that he's doing. Next time you think you're doing something for God, remember this interview, okay? <laughs> now, we, we get to partner with him. We get to partner with him. And uh, at the end of this service, uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what we can do to help them. And, and a portion of today's offering is going to go towards their ministry. Is that okay? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, um, anyway... Guys, thank you very, very much. We looked at all the pictures. Thank you very, very much for uh, being a part of uh, coming here and visiting us, and we are so glad to partner with you guys. So let's give them a hand, guys. Okay. Uh, just last of all, I thank you for Pastor Travis and all the faith call already welcome us. And if you want to pray for us, I have some, uh, uh, you know, prayer card at the table at the back, so you can pick up one and put on the refrigerator or somewhere that you can see and pray for us every day. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Again, um, we are celebrating Mother's Day today. I hope that hope that you're you're not letting your wife cook for you today. Hopefully, you're being nice to her. Your honor, honor. Some of you just looked at your husband like. Are you? Are you? So anyway, uh, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, we're doing this series called True Love. We're going to look at this thing called love over the next few weeks. What is it that leads us to be attracted to the opposite sex and then marriage and then have kids? What does love look like? We're going to look at these things over the next few weeks. And today we're talking about true love within the context of loving and respecting the women of our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. And thank you for the opportunity that we have to teach and to to sow into the lives of people today. I pray, God, that we not only honor you, but honor our mothers and the women of our lives today in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at uh, your neighbor and say, you better keep mama happy.
Any major decision in your life is going to take intentionality. Think about that for a second. Anything that you decide to do that's a major decision, it's going to take some intentional effort. If you decide that you're going to respect and honor the women in your life, if that's something that you've decided that you're going to do, you're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to make a decision, but you're also going to have to follow through. So what we're going to do today is if, if God has brought the ladies and the women and the girls into our lives and they are a gift, we need to treat them as such. And we're going to talk about steps and what that looks like today. So with that in mind, we're going to make this personal. This is going to, I'm going to get a little bit personal in our lives. You see, what happens is if somebody is distant, if we don't know somebody that well, it's easier to be rude to a person that you don't know. You agree with that? That's, that's why you honk at a person in traffic. If you knew that person, if you loved that person, you'd be kinder. But since you don't know that person, it's easy to be rude to that person. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you know what I'm talking about. That's why somebody can troll your Facebook and put rude comments on there. Well, we have to delete some of the comments that people put about me on, on the church Facebook, you know. Not all of them are true. That's, that's why somebody can send you, can easily send you an email that's mean and rude, or somebody can send you a hateful text because there's some distance there. But if you bring people in close and let them get to know each other, it's, it's easier or it's harder to be rude. So we're going to make this a little bit more personal. We're going to make three statements and talk about how we're going to make it personal. You know, a church is a family, and it's meant to be personal. I may not know everybody here. I might not know everybody's name. Our church is growing to a place where I don't know everybody but God has designed the church where we are close, we are a family, that we are a community of believers and we are connected to each other. We are a part of each other's lives. And I believe that as men and as women, as part of the church, here's what I believe that God has called us to do as far as the girls, as far as the women in our lives. Let's talk about it. Number one, I believe that we should guard our girls. Guard our girls. In Matthew 18, 5, it says this. Jesus, to bring context to this, Jesus brought a child in among his disciples and he used this child as an example and he's, he's kind of like he's saying, you see, the, you see this child that I'm holding? Anyone who welcomes a little child like this one on behalf, on, on my behalf, is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and you to be thrown in or drowned into the depths of the sea. That's pretty savage, isn't it? Tie a millstone around your neck, a, a solid rock, put it around your neck, let somebody throw you out in the midst of the sea, and you drown, graveyard dead. It's better to do that than hurt a kid. One of these ones, there are people that have been hurt as, as kids that have grown up and blamed God. Jesus said, better, better than you die, uh, than, than you to drown in the depths of the sea, than, to, than you to cause one of these little ones to not believe in me. We can do a better job of guarding our families. We can do a better job. We've got to do a better job of guarding our girls. A recent study from the National Center of Victims and Crimes says this. One in five girls is a victim of sexual abuse. One in five girls is a victim of sexual abuse. Girls are four times more likely than boys to be abused. We can do better. We've got to do better. Listen to me. Today's girls are tomorrow's mothers. 
Today's girls are tomorrow's mothers. One of these days, she's going to be carrying in her womb the next generation. She's going to be raising. She's going to be training. She's going to be, she's going to be raising up the next generation of daughters and sons. If you hurt a girl today, you hurt a family tomorrow. If you protect a girl today, you're guarding the future of that child. You're guarding the future of a child that hasn't even been born. Are you with me? Guard the girls. So I want to challenge every man in the house today. Every woman in the house. I want to, especially the men, I want to challenge you. I'm going to make it personal. Men, guard and respect every girl as your daughter. Hear me, because it was quiet when I said that. Guard and respect every girl as your daughter. Boys, guard and respect every girl as your sister. That's how we make it personal. If you wouldn't hurt your daughter that way, then don't hurt any other girl. If you wouldn't hurt your sister in that way, then don't hurt this girl. Parents, can I give you just, can I make, can I go just a step further? Hopefully, you don't let your sons hit your daughters at any age. Hopefully, you don't let your sons fight with your daughters. When my, my, uh, my son is four years younger than his sister, and you just have to know the difference in the relationship in raising my daughter Savannah and raising my son. From about, as I said, he was four years younger, from about 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, she was about that age, he was about, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight. And in her mind, she was his boss. <laughs> I, and he, he was just along for the ride, and he accepted it. We would, we would leave them with a, with a sitter and come home, and Savannah, who was about 10 at the time, would have, would have Baylor in timeout. Why is he sitting over there in the corner in a chair? And he's like, why are you over here? Savannah, why are you here? She put me in timeout. Why? You know? And, and he, he just, that's the way he lived. But there were times in his life where he couldn't take it anymore. She would come in. She would come in with a red mark on the side of her face. What happened to you? Baylor hit me, which she, you know, she probably caused some of that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she had a lot to do knowing those two. But I would bring him in. Son, you tell me after a conversation. Son, why are you getting your rump busted today? Because we don't hit goals, Dad. That's right. None of my kids could say they're ours until about 15. But because we don't hit girls, Dad, that's right, son, we don't hit girls. What happens if you let your son hit his sister for 10 years of living? What does he grow up and do? That's right. Listen, we don't want our boys growing up and fighting their sisters. We want our boys growing up and guarding their sisters. Amen? Fathers, do you guard your daughters? Absolutely, you would say that. Yeah, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my daughter. Any, any man that I would bring up here would say, yeah, I, there's absolutely nothing. Man, I was extremely protective of Ann's. Extremely protective. She didn't have her first date till she was 17. Now, I told her she could date at 16, but the guys didn't want to date her because of me. <laughs> Listen, God, hey, it helps if they think you're a little bit crazy. Even if you're not crazy, if you act a little bit crazy, they believe it. It keeps a lot of guys away. You know what I'm saying? She couldn't get a date. And I remember, I remember talking to the guy that was a, a part of her life. They were, he's a good guy, but I, I talked to him about their first date. I remember what she wore on her fa first date. I remember the conversation that I had with him. And I, I told him, I said, and I was dead serious. I said, listen, 
I always know what's happening around within a 50-foot radius of her. I know where I'm walking. I mean, it's my daughter. It's, it's Savannah. I know what's going on always around her, and I protect her. And, and if anything happens to her, I would die saving her. Would you die to save her? <laughs> no. Don't laugh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh. I mean, because if anything happens to her, you better not come home okay. You better die trying to save her. You're gonna, are you willing to take that step? Yes, yes. Okay, well. You guys have, go on, have a good time tonight. Be home by 8. <laughs> and I know that every, every father that has a daughter, you have that in you. You have that in you. you. You're just fiercely protective. But I want to talk to you about a different kind of protection, guys. And that is, how do you talk to your daughter about life? Because a lot of times we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem with this part. We don't have one issue taking a, taking a Glock to the door when, when, when the guy shows up, you know, scratching your head. So what's going on, man? We don't, we don't, have, a, we don't have a problem with that. But, what about, but what, about, what about the conversations that you have to prepare your daughter for what she's going to experience in life? And I don't want to tell you and act like I have all the answers. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes raising my kids. But I talk to my daughter very frankly, about some things. I talked to her very, I remember when she was a, a freshman, as I, as I was prepping her throughout the summer for, for going, and you know, literally into the area of the wolves, the Shawnee wolves, you know what I'm saying? Literally, I, I remember having conversations with her and saying, hey, hey Savannah, you're, you're a freshman, you're very pretty, you're a cheerleader, you're on the track team, you just got your braces off, um, you, you have all this going on, let me tell you something, baby, you are a target. You are a target, and let me tell you what this looks like. You're going to walk into the high school, and you're going, to, you're going to come under a lot of unusual attention from seniors. And freshmen, that you know, they don't, freshmen girls, they don't always make the best decisions when it comes to seniors. So let me tell you what this looks like, anything that you do. First of all, let me tell you something. You're not going to get all goo-goo-eyed over just because a junior and senior gives you attention. Second of all, if you do anything, if you do anything in secret, it's going to be told amongst other guys in a locker room. Sometimes the best thing that you can do to guard your girl is to deliver the hard truth. Those are hard conversations, aren't they? Are, is it true? Let me know if I'm making a mistake here. I, some, I, some of you hang, hung out with some of those guys, okay? Some of you are. No, 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 forget that. Guard and respect every girl as she is your own. Number two, we're not just going to guard the girls. We're going to respect our women. We're going to respect the women that God brings into our lives. NPR did an online survey and found that 81%, 81, 8 out of 10 women in the workplace have been sexually harassed in some way. I am so ashamed as a man. I am so ashamed of that statistic. That, that, is, that, that, that makes me so angry. I'm going to make it personal. Listen, guys. She is, remember this, and how you deal with every woman in your life, whether, whether she's somebody else's wife or, she, or she's in the workforce, remember this. She's always somebody's daughter, she's somebody's wife, and she's somebody's mother. Every woman that you deal with, she's somebody's daughter, she's somebody's wife, or she's somebody's mother. So I want to challenge you, and I want to make it personal to everybody in the house. Respect every woman as you would your wife. Notice I didn't say treat every woman as your wife, okay? We can't do that. 
Respect every woman as you would respect your wife. And it begins at home. And here's what it looks like. I think that we, I think that we uh, have a twisted perspective of what God says a wife is. Let's look at this for a second. Let's go to this verse in Proverbs 18 and 22. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. One more time. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. That is a very powerful bit of wisdom. That is a very powerful, I believe that that, that wisdom is given from God. Notice that he says, notice this, that he doesn't say the man who finds a woman. The man who finds a living girlfriend. He says, a man who finds a flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, committed to life till death do us part relationship. A man who finds that kind of relationship, he finds a treasure, something that is very and highly valued, and then he receives favor, favor from God. God gives you an unmerited favor. Can you put that verse back up there? He receives favor from the Lord. Your wife brings a favor factor, a godly favor factor that comes from nowhere else in your life. I looked up the word in the Hebrew for wife from that, from that verse, the man who, a man who finds a wife. I looked up that word in the Hebrew. Do you know what the Hebrew word for wife is? Wife. It's wife. You know why? Because there's no other word for it. It's why there's no other thing for wife except wife. She is a treasure. She is the favor factor. Your wife is God's favor factor on your life. She is a God favor that can only come from, there is a God favor that can only come from a wife. Anything, think about this for a second. Here's what this looks like. Anything you give to God, anything that you give him, he takes it and he blesses it. And then he pours it back into your life as a harvest. Think about this. This is what we teach about giving financially, the tithe. You give your tithe to God as a seed. It's a small thing. You give that to God. God takes it. And he blesses ministry and people and mission work. And then he multiplies it as a harvest back into your life. Are you with me? Are you with me? I want you to get this. That is what a wife does for you, fellas, if you're married, that's what a wife is. It is a favor factor. A wife exemplifies God's blessing to her husband. Think about this for a second. This is a small example. But give her food products and she'll make you a meal. Right? Anything that you give her in the form of a seed, she multiplies and gives it back to you as a blessing. Look at this. Give her a house and she'll give you a home. Give her love and she will give you her heart. Give her your time, and she will give you a fulfilling life. Give her your seed, and she will give you a son and a daughter. Give her your life, she will give you your family. Only God can give you salvation, purpose, fulfillment, and a calling. He gives that through his son. But through a wife, God can give you, God can give you a fulfilled life. That's what a wife is. Anything that she gives you, anything you give your wife in small amounts, she multiplies it and returns it back to you. Why? Because God said, I'm going to give you a fulfilling life, and I'm going to give you favor by giving you a wife. She was created for this. Guys, jury's out on this. 
she isn't just prettier than you, she's better than you. She really is. I, th- I thought about this a long time before I would say something like this. Because I think it's better to be a guy. But if you look at what, what a woman can do, she's better. It's almost like in the garden. He's like, he's, God says he's, he's managing the garden. He's naming the animal. He's doing. But you know what? I'm going to give him a life, and I'm going to make it so much better and fulfilling. So he gave man a woman. Get this. She is the tangible form of God's love to you. Tang- God is a spirit. God can't physically love you. He can love you. He can fill your heart and with his spirit. But he, as a husband, what he can do is he can give you a tangible form of his love. God loved you so much that he gave you a person to make you feel emotional and physical love. That is the favor of God. Are you hearing this, fellas? If you have a wife, that's what you have. And there is a godly favor that you don't experience if you don't have a wife. Everybody say, poor Pastor Travis. <laughs> it's all right. We're taking care of that in a month. All right. Anyway, come on, Travis. Stay focused. He is, she is the tangible form of God's love. God loved you so much that he gave you. Every time she hugs you, you're hugged by the favor and the love of God. Every time she kisses you, that is the favor and the love of God. In the bedroom, she is God's blessing and favor on your life. God, uh, God, God, God guys, God gave you a wife. When you find a wife, you find treasure and favor from the Lord. So here's what I'm telling you to do. Respect and honor your wife, but respect every woman as your wife. Ladies, look at your husband and say, I'm God's favor to you. That's a big deal. I think we need to get this at God's. Lastly, we need to guard our girls. We need to respect the women in our lives. And lastly, we need to honor our mothers. Honor our mothers. In Ephesians 6 and 1, it says this, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Think about that. Because you belong to the Lord out of respect to the Lord. Because the world's watching. And when the world looks at us, they should see how we respect our mothers. Are you with me? It appalls me how young men speak to to their mothers today. Not all of them, but it's interesting to me that that we as fathers allow sons and daughters to speak to our moms when it's not just about us. Remember that. It's not just about us. A world is looking at us, our families, and seeing, are you guys, are you guys living with what you're preaching? Are you, are you effective in what you're saying works? Well, I live for God and I serve God. Because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. With a promise, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you. Things will go well. You will have a a good life, and you will live long on the earth. Milton Berle said this. If if evolution works, then why, then how, let me back up. If evolution works, then how come mothers only have two hands? There is no harder job in the world, I'm convinced of this, than being a mother. I, I, was, I was a father that was, I did a lot of things for my kids, but there was an emotional thing that, that I, I watched, you know, their mother deal with. There's, there, it is a full-time job, especially a new mother. There is a full-time job. And if you work outside the home, you have two full-time jobs. There is a, an honor that we give to our mothers simply because they have earned it. Ladies, look at your husband and say, I have earned it. As a mother, you have earned the right to be 
honored and we celebrate and we honor you today. No matter how long, no matter how long you've been away from home, we never lose honor for our mothers. No, doesn't matter if you grow up. I remember thinking to myself, I remember thinking to myself as I got to be a teenager that I, you know, my mom, I'm not, her spankings don't hurt and, and it doesn't matter. You know, I just, I remember, you know, lipping off to my mom a few times and I wish I could go back and not, and take all that stuff back as a teenager. We all have dealt with that. Not to mention, <laughs> this was the 80s back when you'd get hit with something in the head. <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Stuff didn't. We've, we've forgotten those things. But I remember as I got older, I remember saying to myself and, and, and committing as I prayed for my mom that I'm going to look for opportunities to honor my mother. And, and as I got older in my 40s, later on in my 40s, I told myself that I would, I would try to do everything. And I always tried to do everything that she always asked me to do. Unless it was illegal, and then we'd have an argument. You just have to know my mom. <laughs> but I, I told myself, when I hit about four, I'm like, hey, the Bible says, I, you know, I, I don't agree with her, and there are some things and some views and some things that she says or what, but I can tell you what, I can do everything within my power to honor her. Guys, I want to make it personal. Again, I want to challenge you. Respect every mother as you would your own mother. Hear me? We are given a mandate. You, you, uh, if you go to the book of James, James was the brother of Jesus. He wrote this letter to the church. He was, a, he was a very significant pastor. One of the greatest testimonies that Jesus was the son of God and was the Messiah and rose from the dead was James actually became a believer after the resurrection of Christ. And he goes on to pastor this church, this church in Jerusalem. And he writes this letter and he's, he says this at the end of the first chapter of James. He says, true religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. Now, now, when we think of religion, we think of the religion of this or the religion of that. Within this context, that's not what that's talking about. It's basically talking about devotion and faithfulness. True religion, true devotion that God the Father accepts as pure and, and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. We are given a mandate that we are to look after others even if, even if they're not our mothers. Are you hearing me? We, and and I, I think that our culture might be a little bit more successful at that than others, but that is our mandate. So I want to go back to the challenge that I've given you and make it personal. Respect every mother as your own. You believe that same man? I want to close with this. As his church, Jesus has called us to make a difference in the world to be different. And I believe here's what this looks like. Number one is guard the girls. Guard the girls. Guard every girl as, as if it's your daughter or your sister. Respect our women. Respect every woman as if it's your wife. And lastly, honor our mothers. Honor every older woman as it is your mother because God has given us women, girls, mothers, wives as gifts. Amen? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today, and thank you for the opportunity that we have to speak, to teach. Lord, I pray, God, that you will touch every heart and every life and be what we need today. Lord, your word says you are a father to the fatherless. I also believe that your spirit puts something on the inside of us where 
even if our mothers are no longer with us, you can fill that void. And Lord, I pray for every mother, every daughter, every girl, every grandmother that's here today. Right now, if you're seated next to a girl, a woman, a grandmother, will you take that person by the hand? If you don't know them, that's okay. Introduce yourself. We're going to pray for, our, for the ladies in the house today. Just agree with me in prayer. Lord, I pray for every girl that's in the house, every mother, every grandmother, for every woman, Lord, every girl that's, got a, that's had her heart broken. I pray today that you will mend her broken heart. For every, for every, for every mom that's hurt over a child, I pray, God, that you will heal her. For every mother here that might be divorced or abandoned, I pray for her that you would touch her heart and that you would touch her life. Whatever is needed in the house for every girl today, I pray, Lord, that you will bring healing and bring love and bring wholeness. And you will do a work in the life of every girl that is here today. And may we, as your church, honor, based on Making a difference in this world. We are called to make a difference. Therefore, we're going to act different. We're going to treat our girls, our women differently. By guarding every girl, respecting every woman, and honoring every mother. I ask, Lord, that, that as, as your church, as part of your church, we grow in this and we walk in this in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. If you don't know Jesus, if he is not Lord and Savior of your life, for whatever reason, maybe you have never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you have never said, Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Maybe for you, you can say, I walked away from Jesus at some point in my life, and today, I really feel like God is calling me home. If that is the case for you, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Listen, I won't ask you to come down here. I won't single you out. I won't embarrass you anyway. We're just going to pray exactly the way that we just prayed. And today you can know that you're following Christ. So, but I, I'd like to know if I'm praying for people. If you're here today and you say, Travis, I'm not right with God. Today I want to know I'm right with God. I want to leave here knowing that I belong to him. Real quickly, just put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? I see your hand in the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's me, Travis. Today I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to get right with the Lord. I'm going to just ask one more time, then we're going to move on, just to let me know you're serious. Anybody else? All right, we're going to pray. And as we pray, if you lifted your hand, I'm not sure I saw everybody, but more importantly, God saw your hand in your heart. If you didn't raise your hand and you want to give your life to Christ today, just say this prayer with us and make this decision to follow Christ. Let's all pray together. Just repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, as I am before you today, I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life, to wash me clean and whole. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come home. Thank you, Lord.